Six Pointer Podcast. Welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast for the first time in a long time celebrating a Crystal Palace win 1-0 at home today uh, against Wolverhampton Wanderers. As always, I'm joined by my brother Luke and Kevin. Uh, Kevin, I'll start with you because I always go to my brother. I'm going to go to you first. Kevin, how are you doing after that? Three points for the Palace. I'm good, mate. Yeah, very, very pleased. Nice to be uh, playing a Wolves game and actually doing a pod with one. So first time in three, we've actually done Wolves and one. So I'm happy about that, mate. So I'm very good. What about good. you? Good to hear. I'm good, thank you. Yep, yep, absolutely buzzing after the victory, as Wilf would say. Uh, Luke, you've had a stake tonight uh, and a Palace win. You must be in a good place. Living the dream, mate. Best I've felt in uh, four weeks, four weeks today since we beat uh, Sheffield United at home. So, uh, yeah, feeling good. Good. What do you have to put in? Eve's pudding, mate. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. So, for our listeners tonight, as well as talking about where for dinner, we're going to talk about pretty solid uh, performance from Palace and the game in the run of uh, fixtures that we've talked about on the pod for a couple of weeks has been probably the most difficult um, of them. Interesting game, though, wasn't it, Kev? Because actually, I was pretty comfortable from a Palace perspective, although it was only 1-0 and it was... Well, only one nil. I, I didn't really feel threatened, right? Did you? Did you? No, I, I'm, I'm with you there, Matt, to be honest with you. I think Wolves used all their energy on uh, Wednesday against Chelsea, I think, uh, getting their point. But yeah, you're right. Never felt threatened. I, I think one of you texts just after the game, we won ugly tonight. And although I didn't come away feeling, oh, that was brilliant. All that mattered today was the points. And to see those points with what else has happened at the bottom, with the exception of Newcastle getting a result, very, very happy. But as you say, never really felt threatened, uh, which was really quite pleasant. And uh, another clean sheet, which is good news. Yeah, it's, it's fair to say that they did have a couple of chances, Wolves, which we'll, we'll come to. And Vinci was in good form. But generally, Palace kind of dominated the game in terms of any um, any sort of uh, attacking prowess, I, I, I felt. We kind of restricted Wolves to, I guess, set pieces with, with corners, being my recollection. Um, it wasn't the best first half, though, was it, Luke? I'm not, I'm gonna, not, not going to lie, I nodded off at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it was it wasn't a classic, that's for sure. Kev, Kev was Kev was bored as he as he told us uh, both via textual message as well. <laughs> I think it wasn't one for the neutral, that's for sure. The first half and interesting because Palace actually played a different formation. We went four two three one in the first half, which a lot of people were been crying out for. And we talked last week about something needs to change. It doesn't need to be as drastic as the manager, but you know a change of formation would be nice. It was interesting to see how it worked. It was okay, I think. You know, interesting that. Um, as soon as we scored, we went back to four four two, a rigid four four two to see up the uh, the three points. But yeah, yeah, first half wasn't great, mate. To be honest with you, but I was just happy just to get in at nil nil and, and just look to, to push on. And yeah, like you said, Wolves had a couple of chances, but Palace had the most clear cut chances. I think with obviously the goal and Wolf hitting the bar later late on, Mitchie's chance that you know should have buried really so yeah very pleased with the uh, the performance and the uh, result made quite a few changes going into this to the game as well didn't we I think it was six in total Klein PVA Scott Dan James McCarthy IU and Batshuayi have I missed anyone surprised to see Mitchell and Ward um, both on the bench considering their recent performances uh, other other changes you understand because I know Roy said one because of injury, which was James McCarthy, wasn't it? Which is a straight sort of James McCarthy. And the, the attacking stuff uh, side of things was interesting uh, from the perspective of Jordan and I, you're not being sort of one of the, the top top men, but, you know, sort of on a, I guess, a right wing sort of 
place. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I think he, 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 him and Eze sort of swapped a couple of times in the, in the first half and up until about the hour mark because Eze played in that, in that free behind Michi Batshuayi. And, you know, I, I think I said to you boys by text as well that I felt it was the game was crying out to have a big man in that in that position. I, I thought Batshuayi did, did did quite well today, but at times he cut a bit of a, a frustrated figure, I thought. And, you know, you wonder if, if a Tekas or a, a Jean-Philippe Matita up there, you know, a big bloke, knocking it down for the free just behind him might have might have worked quite well. But, yeah, I, who I thought was my man in the match, he was brilliant. Nathaniel Klein running him a close second, obviously coming forward with a lot of attacking intent as well for me. Kev? Yeah, I must admit, I thought I had a good game. I thought he, had, he came out with a bit of purpose. He held the ball up well, um, did, did some really good stuff a few times. And in fairness, I thought, Bat started well. Um, he seemed to be on it. His confidence seemed to... I don't know. I don't know if it was his confidence. When he missed that chance right at the end of the first half, he seemed to drift in and out a little bit then after that game. So, uh, so after that part of the game. So comfortable, weren't we? We were comfortable. Nathaniel Klein did all right. You know, I think there were some good, there were some good performances without anyone standing out. I, I did expect more from Wolves. I think, Matt, you, you mentioned it a little while ago. They had uh, their only real chances. Um, you know, they both came, I think, to the new centre-forward. The first one he took well and Vincey put a good save over. You'd hope he would save it because it was straight at him, but he still had to react quickly. What worries me, and one of the things which is worrying me a little bit, happened at West Ham uh, against the Hammers a few days ago. They scored their third goal from a free header. He had a free header from the corner. Uh, where Vincey made a very good save. And it, we seem to have got a little bit soft at defending corners um, because they've been a couple of direct corners that have come in uh, and have caused us trouble. And I think if they'd equalised at 1-1, I think we really would have kicked ourselves if we had thrown that away today because that, that wasn't the Wolves we've played in the last few uh, times. And when Triore came on, obviously, it gave PVA a bit of a tough time, let's be honest. Mm. But, you know, we, we did OK. What was your take on it, Matt? Well, I'm wondering if Triway's got uh, shares with Vaseline, the amount that he greases his <laughs> arms up. And my, my wife was sitting with that point when he came on. She said, is, is he allowed to do that? Is that, is that, is that, is that permissible with the law? I guess, I guess it is, right? Any advantage mm. you've got, right? Yeah, so he, he, yeah he, you're right. I, I, was, I was really pleased to see him on the bench, actually, because I always think he's yeah. their danger man. We played him. Um, you know, you can't you can't grab his arms because he's, he's, he's so greased up. But um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you said, Kev, a couple of really good chances for Wolves, but that was pretty much it from from my recollection. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, like we said, it was a boring first half. Me me falling asleep at one point as well. But but the second half, I actually thought Palace looked really really good. There were spells in that game, and we just were sort of it was that. The, the, the sort of the ball when like Eze and Zahar and that's why another just had their foot on the ball and stopped the game dead. You know, they got time, space to look around. You don't often get those moments. I really enjoy those moments when Palace have those moments. Luke, you'll remember this. And Kev, you probably will as well. But we, we were there when Palace played Cardiff away in the in the uh, Premier League, the first season. And it was when on the Pulis we were absolutely on fire. And I remember Punchum uh, and, and a few of the other, the other like Belassi and a few others, I think it was. And it was just it was just like fantastic to watch. And today at points, it reminded me of that. We were just absolutely controlling possession. Yeah, just, just bossing it really. And I, and I Mm. The, the, my one worry was at, at 1-0 and we'll talk about the goal in a minute but at 1-0 there was always a chance that Wolves because they are really good on the counter-attack went up the other end and equalised and that was all my, always my fear that we kind of you know might not see it out because you always fear that at Palace at 1-0 but we did right we did and, and all positives to that I mean it, it, it did take a couple of Palace breaks to get to the goal I, I think just before the goal there was a, a really really good break with Batshuayi and Zahar when I think yes. we'll cut back inside Cody and, and um, probably should have scored actually um, and then the, the goal from Eze a bit of magic from IU on the right hand side uh, in front of the Homestale 
um, squares it to Eze and, uh, you know, pretty much at the keeper, but a really, really good, strong mm. shot that many did have a chance. The move itself, Matthew, was, I think, what you were referring to. You know, I think it was an Eze throw-in, quickly taken Eze throw in the near side by the Arthur. And it was, a, I think I counted, like 12 one-touch passes, I think, that, that led to the, the, the goal. So as they started it and, and, then, and, then, and then finished it as well. So, uh, yeah, great goal, as you say. A lot of power to beat the keeper sort of hit it low and true. And, you know, quite interesting game for Eze today because he was playing in that number 10 role that everyone's been crying out for him to play, the one that he did so well in QPR. And Kev, I'd be interested to get your view on it. I don't think he was, not to dig him out, but I don't think he was necessarily very, not effective, but but yeah, I, I don't know, he wasn't really in the game as much as I expected him to be. What do you reckon, Kev? Yeah, I, I mean, again, I text boys through the thing, as you know, I, I, I don't think... I don't think he looked as confident up until the goal, if I'm honest. I mean, he'd done some good things, but... You know, we've talked a lot on the pod about Harry Drift's past players. I, I don't see, I didn't see him doing as much of that again today. And I thought I'd like to see him step more up. Having said that, you know, when he got that opportunity, the way he took it was fantastic. Can just before Eze, if I may though, can I go back and I, I'm 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 with you there on Luke. I mean, one of the things which is sometimes frustrates me when I watch Palace at the moment is we're very quick at. Oh, sorry, we're we're we move the ball across the park reasonably quick without actually penetrating. What I love about the goal was, as you say, it started over by the Arthur and there's three or four very quick passes where it's moved very quickly and got it out to that right. And if you look at the time of how long it took to get it from there out to the right-hand side, that's when I think we really troubled Wolves, when we actually moved the ball quickly. Because actually, when we slow it down, people get back into shape and that. So I like the fact that we moved it quickly, it went across to the right, good little bit of football, and then a great finish. As you say, the power has done it. So I, I thought that was good, and that was a good bit of football from us there. I hope now, again, as they will push on a little bit more. I still want to see him push on. I know we keep saying don't put too much pressure on him, but he's a bit, he's, you know, he's proving it, that he can do it. So for me, I would like to see him do more, because when he takes people on, he frightens them to death because he just glides past them. And I want to see the shackles come off a little bit more. And particularly now with, what, 26 points? I think I think the gaffers said, uh, you know, four more wins. You know, and we've had, what, 21 games. You know, let the shackles off a little bit. Let's see what he can do a little bit. Let him push on a little bit more. Because I think, you know, he's only going to grow and grow, isn't he? What's your take on him, Matt, from today's performance? I, I, I always remember, Kev, that he's played... How many games now? Is it 20 Premier League games, probably? Yeah. Um, and I have to remember that because, you know, it's a big jump. And like we always said, it was a big step up from playing the championship. And obviously before that, he'd had his kind of uh, career of moving around and, and, and sort of not really getting the, 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 the sort of professional deal that he was after. Um, so I always put that into context, but I, I'd agree with you. I think there's more to come from him. And I think it's really exciting in that respect. Yeah. You know, he's clearly got a good finish on him. He's clearly confident the ball. Um, he works hard. I think um, you know, he links up well with other other players, which is always what yeah. Wilf, Wilf's sort of role has been in the team, hasn't it? To start, mm. get things going, which is what he can also do. And yeah, I think longer term, he probably is the Wilf replacement, right? Yeah. Um, different type of player, but similar in, in, in many ways in respect as well. I think I think he, he he had a quiet first half for me. I mean, most of them did, right? The first half was pretty not eventful. I think if Sky would be would, had chosen that game for a for a Saturday afternoon oh. game, they'd have been kicking themselves. Um, but I think se- second half that the whole Palace team lifted, and I think it's part of that. He he definitely did with that as well. Yeah, yeah well, I was just going to say you mentioned that first half. Obviously, I think Klein had a shot which went over, which was the yeah. highlight as well as Batman. But I don't know. I, 
should we be being a bit more critical of Batman to sort of to miss in that range? I know he had the key, the defender coming into him, but I mean he's got to be putting that away, don't you? Yeah, but bats he did because if yeah, I was surprised because he seemed to snatch at it, didn't he? And um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, let's be honest. It's a miss hit shot by Kleine, which has gone across. I think Connor Cody's, you know, put, put a leg out or whatever, and it's just fallen to him. But normally, if someone of Bats's quality, you would expect to have a bit more composure there. And he seemed to snatch at it. And it, it didn't even seem as though he caught it correctly because it almost didn't even fly over the bar. It sort of almost just like drizzled over the bar, which is uh, which was sad. So, uh, he sh- yeah, drizzled over the bar. What a joke. What am I on about? I don't know where I've come <laughs> Ricochet. from there, boys. Ricochet, lovely guy, Ricochet. We won't go there. But, yeah, yeah, he, he should have he put it away. But, you know, I think it summed up the first half. I even turned over for a few minutes to watch the West Brom game. That's how bad it was. So, a uh, <laughs> bit of a worry, but there you go. Matt's looking at his phone. He must be really bored. What do you reckon? I'm trying to find the highlights of that goal to watch it back. I'm just watching Klein's shot back, which was... You know, a bit of a snapshot from from distance, if you like. I, I I just I just felt in the first half we were just a bit lethargic, and I and I, I worried that there was the hangover from uh, the midweek game. Good, it was what three days ago. But but then you kind of held on to the fact they've made a few changes at both ends of the park, and and you were thinking maybe we might get going. And you know, that's, that's I don't I don't know if there's another sort of um, heroic halftime tea talk. Obviously Ray wasn't there again today, but from from Roy. Uh, maybe today, but they, they certainly did lift in, in the second half. I think on the bats, bats try chance, yeah, it came out a bit quick, maybe. Um, you hope a, a player of his talents um, would finish that, but you know, I think he made up for it in, in the rest of the game with his work rate. Right? I was really pleased with him today. I think, yeah. like you said, Luke, it would have been a different outlook if we'd had Benteke because he provides a different. Um, outlet, but but I think I think that's why was I think Roy picked the right team for today. I, I really yeah. do. You know, if you think about Wolves and how how good they are going forward, how good they are on the attack, we kind of matched that with the lineup we had and the, and the players that we had out there to to do a similar sort of thing. And you know, I think you alluded to it, Kev, and we we spoke about this before. Wolves like massive, massive golf in the team that we played last two years. Really, yeah. really have. And um, I think the, in the Sky Sports commentary today, although it was a bit lacklustre in the commentary to how that it was yeah I but, think so yeah um, they, they alluded to that as well the fact that you know it's a different Wolves team this year so you know we'll take three points against all team yeah, absolutely and, and and again you know they've only just played Chelsea what on Wednesday and drew nil-nil you know this, they're a good side I think they finished seventh haven't they the last two seasons and let's be honest they put us out of the cup three weeks ago you know we, we all watched the game uh, earlier on in the season when Glenn Odder was commentating you know one of my friends and uh, we love that uh, Mars singer Glenn Odder. Um so that was uh, that was good um, so I'm, I'm just, I, I think we should be pleased I mean I did turn the game off at the end and think I would have liked to have seen us play more, but, you know, I then had a word of myself and thought, hold on, you've got three points, you've got to clean sheet and you've now got 26 points, which I think puts us 12 points above the bottom three. And although I'm now not looking backwards, you know, I, I think with the run of games we've got, I think we've got another five games coming up in February. You know, they're all very winnable games. You know, Roy wants 38 points. If it all went really well, we could have them by the end of February. You never know. But I, I think 36 will do it this year, if I'm honest. I, I don't think you'll need that many because I think if Fulham carry on and their, and their path points per game at the moment, they'll reach something like 28. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 th- I think 
thirty six would be more than enough. Um, but obviously, you know, not nice, nice to have a, a target to, to reach for that you'll you'll probably definitely be safe back, and then we'll see what what happens. So, can I jump in then, boys? Just in in the interest of, of not in the interest of our time, but just to so Tuesday now. Obviously, we go to Newcastle. Newcastle had a very good win today at the Toffees, which was mostly mm-hmm. unexpected. But the two goals I saw were both well taken by Callum Wilson. Still don't understand why no one puts a uh, defender on a post for a corner, but that's me. I'm old school. But um, so they're going to be towels up when they play us on Tuesday. Does our new centre forward come off the bench on Tuesday, do you think? And uh, what formation do we go with up at Newcastle? What do you think, Matt? It's, it, I, I would expect some changes given it's a different opposition. I mean, you can't drop Jordan Ayo after today. I don't think you see Batshuayi drop either. So I think at the top of the park, you'll likely see something similar. I do wonder if you might see different in midfield. Or you hope James MacArthur comes back. You wonder if Mitchell might come back in. I mean, actually, just PVA today didn't actually have a bad game. However, oh. there were moments when he did his usual completely out of position because he wants to press forward and then doesn't track back and get back into position. So I think you might see a couple of changes and there might be a slightly different formation, maybe a 4-4, maybe a 4-4-2. And you're right, Kev, you know, Newcastle will be a different um, opposition in the sense that they've just had a good result. But they've still been beaten 11 times this year. And, yeah. and we should have beat them at Sellers Park. We shouldn't have been conceding two late goals against them. It was that was a bad, bad game. And you know, smash and uh, grab on a Friday night, right? <laughs> well, and and our, our friend Davey coming on the pod was fantastic yeah. because it He's probably brilliant. saved us, probably saved us from uh, having a right old rollicking at, at the Palace. I mean, we were a bit more balanced because we had him on to talk about broader stuff. But um, so, so, so yeah, I, I expect some slight changes. I, I don't think you can drop. You know, some players today, like Jordan Ayew, but I expect others to come back in. Um, maybe also whether Cahill might be better, better enough to play by that point as well. Because I guess today he missed out through, you know, being a, being maybe a bit tired or a bit sore if it was after the, the game midweek. But it's a, it's a different game um, for us. And, and it will be interesting to see how we deal with 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 them because they, they, they're clearly good going forward. Um, they just concede a lot of goals, don't they? Yeah, and I think that, Hopefully, James McCarthy, you know, his injury isn't too bad because obviously really well came on for him at half time. So you've got the two of the Jimmy Max, hopefully, that um, can come back to fitness. And I think the thing I, I, I disagree with you slightly, Bob, I think we're seeing more changes than you think because it's the third game we've had in a week. Yeah. I, I think you'll see Tekka's come back in. I don't think um, Batshuayi deserves to be dropped as such, but I just think that because of the fact you've got someone like Christian Benteke who can go long to away at Newcastle, I, I think that, that makes sense to us, especially if you've got. Are you playing a in a in a close proximity to him? And we know how good Jordan is with running the ball in the in, in the opponent's um, half, and he often wins that foul, doesn't he? Which allows you to take that five ten yard step further up the pitch. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get plenty of those at Newcastle at James Park on Tuesday night. So, what's a good result for you Tuesday? Do you take a point? I, th- I think they're for the taking. I know, I know they've had a good result today, but I think there's no reason why Palace can't go there with the tails up and and, and get a result. To be I, I you know I'm going to nail my. Uh, What's the what's the phrase? It's a flag to the mast. Is that it? Right, well, the flag. What's the phrase? Phrase? You now whatever you want to whatever you want to nail it to, Luke. All right, no, no gonna, one's gonna, gonna no one's gonna judge him. Just don't involve us. I'm gonna nail it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Palace. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I think you we have to. Be, I think we have to be going there. I have to be going there to win. Yeah. They're, 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 they're in a different sort of, uh, they're a different battle to what we are. I think we are a battle to the mid-table mediocrity, whereas they're about to stay up. 
Um, so I think yeah. we should be going there looking to win. It's always a difficult place to go to. However, without the fans, a different dynamic maybe somewhat. So, but, yeah. but like, like we said, it's interesting to see how they come off the back of uh, what would what you'd argue is a shock result today. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. well deserved though by all accounts. They did well, um, you know. And 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 it's Wilson, isn't it? It's a difference. You know, he was the difference down at our place. Uh, in those last few minutes, not that long ago, and he's 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 primarily the danger man, I think. And uh, you know, his towels he his towel will be up because um, I think he scored a lot of goals against us. We've had that conversation on the pod last time, um, so they'll have to be mindful of that. I I think um, I think Cahill mostly comes back. I wonder if Cahill was rested a little bit as well today uh, because of the. Uh, the banging of the heads as well, because he, he smashed heads, didn't he, the other night? And I wonder whether they took a precautionary measure there as well. But um, yeah, I, I think Cahill comes back in. Yeah, and we go up there with a, a real positive mindset. I'm, I believe, um, I think you said, Luke, um, Ray should be back in the dugout. And I think that gives Hopefully. the players a lift as well. Um, so I think if they travel up, obviously Monday, I assume they travel up for a, the Tuesday game and um, we go from there. So I think, you know, let's be honest, we've we've had a couple of bleak pods we've had to do recently. It's nice to be doing one when, as, as we said earlier, we haven't played brilliantly, but we've also nullified Wolves, which we've not been able to do for a long time. So uh, we take that. And, uh, and you know, I think that's a, that's a good a good place to, to be uh, looking at the games tomorrow because there's going to be some tough games down the bottom tomorrow. And uh, I'm, I don't really feel... I think today has taken away any worries because I think if we'd lost today and Wolves had gone above us and then we go to Newcastle and just say Newcastle catch us, then suddenly, you know, you're still feeling a bit edgy. I'm not feeling edgy now, 12 points clear of the bottom three. Matt, you, you said it's a, it's a difficult place to go to Joseph Park. It'll be a difficult game for us to watch because we'll be fanning around trying to get a stream whilst Kev's sitting there he just has to click a button on his TV because it's on BT Sport and he has a, Do you know what? BT Sport. Do you know what? I still haven't had my sponsorship deal free from them. The amount of plugging I've given in BT Sport, you really think they should have sent it through by now. Sorry, Matt, we interrupted you. You were just about to say something very interesting. <laughs> Not sure about that, Kev. I was actually going to ask you, given it's transfer deadline day on, is it Monday? Monday. Whether you thought there yeah, might be any movement I think Roy's been quoted today saying uh, in the post-match press interview saying that uh, we're not actively after anyone but if someone comes up but if, if you were in the managerial hot seat would you be looking to, to, to bring anything else in because we've obviously brought the extra firepower in although unproven is there anything else that you'd be looking to do at this stage I actually my only concern is and I, I know it's a ridiculous concern still possibly I just want to make sure that Wolf stays here uh, and everything else I'm quite comfortable with at the moment. I think where we are, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with where we are. I think the interesting thing for me is where we possibly go towards the back end of the season. I know it doesn't change what happens in January, but I'm more starting to think about what are they going to do to either secure people contract-wise because I'm already, without being arrogant, thinking of what next season looks like. I think you because have actually, to. Because actually, Matt, if I'm honest, this season's been a bit of a strange hit. Let's let's hope, God willing, we'll all be back in the stadiums or you boys will be back in the stadiums. We're back with a proper crowd next season. And I, I you know, it'll be ninth season then, assuming that we don't capitulate. I want to see us do more than we're doing. I want us to be pushing for that top 10, top seven, that sort it's, of position. Yeah. I think you have to start looking to next year already because it's quoted in the press about the number of players out of contract. I don't know how much of that is true or not, by the way, but but there are apparently quite a lot. Luke, are there... Change the question. Uh, what, who should Palace be looking to secure? 
because because otherwise we've got a massive uh, basically buying a new team, right? Yeah, Thirteen players, I believe, it is reported that are out, out of contract in the summer. There are rumours that Guaita is already done, but it's just being kept under wraps. Uh, obviously, Klein got signed up to the end of the year. I don't know, Matthew. If I'm honest, I, I wonder if if they're not going to renew Roy's contract, um, whether they're going to let some uh, you know someone new come in and, and put his stamp on it. I mean, obviously, Dougie and Steve Parrish do the the majority of the transfer activity then obviously present the options to the manager but maybe they might want to you know give the new man, man lined up if they got, have got someone lined up there's rumours about Eddie Howe and giving him you know he's had his period or season off and him coming in the only, the only rumour I've heard is that Sam Allardyce might make a, a late bid for Christian Benteke and that where we might be looking at John Lundstrom who's the Sheffield United uh, midfielder but I think it would have been, been nice to get, pick up someone like Damari Gray because I think you know Andros came on and Ayu's doing really well, but I think we could do some sort of reinforcement in that attacking wide area, a winger, but I can't see a lot of it coming and goings on, uh, and us needing to do a, a transfer special on uh, Monday evening, Kev, can you? No, I don't think so. What about you, Matt? What would you like to do? I'm kind of thinking at this late stage in the window, I don't really want any activity because I think anything by now would be a rush decision. And we know that Palace don't do that. Even historically, when we've had you know, January's with the likes of the Ledleys and others and Hennessy's and coming in, it, it, it also it always felt they were more um, strategic decisions about where they wanted to take the team. So anything at this late stage, I just, I don't think would be a good move. Um, I think the caveat there is if anyone, a shock leaves last minute and they need to rush to bring someone in, uh, you'd rather have a, a, a pair of legs than, than a gap there, right, in that respect. Yeah. But I, I, I don't see, Palace being Palace, I don't see them doing that at this stage. I, I am surprised and a little bit disappointed that there are that many if it's 13 that's a, that's a big number and again you have to hope that they are decisions they've already made so we don't want to keep him yeah. and that those they do want to keep they are talking to and whether or not they're signed or sealed and it's been out, out in the out in the press or, or media or if it's you know being like Luke says there the key for being kept behind wraps because it's not the way Parish does does business right and, and this no. will be the first to have so many out that we wouldn't be actively looking to keep so yeah. I can see some of the big earners maybe those who kind of just wind the contracts down uh, leaving but other than that I'm, I'm not too sure to answer with you. So can I can I pose the question then, chaps? And I'm not trying to be a controversial mood hoover. Let's assume that we go up to St. James's and get a result. And we, I think we'd said on the last pod that we wanted to see a reaction. If, if Roy goes and gets a win, you know, he changed the formation today, got a win. He goes up to Newcastle, gets a win. We're, you know, we're then looking relatively comfortable. Do then people start saying, well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Or do you think it's already a done deal and they're not making con- decisions on these players because they've already got someone else lined up who they're going to bring in and they're going to say, right, you've got X amount of money and we know he already knows who he wants secured. Because again, Luke, you've talked about Eddie Howe. Um, We also know that someone else became available this week, you know, someone who might want to stay in London, who's got a proven record with, uh, well, I think with some young players um, and I thought got a pretty rough deal at Chelsea. Um, so I think you know where I'm going. I just wondered what your thoughts are about what's what's the big move to come in for us uh, from the from the manager side, Matt. Who do you want to see? Uh, who do I want to see? Um, yeah, if it's if it's not Roy, who do you want to see? I, I I don't really like Eddie Howe as the as the idea. If I'm honest, I think 
we've had ex- had a, had a, an offer to him to come before, right? And it, and he and it didn't didn't work out. I think we we kind of been there, tried tried out the sort of the the opportunity if you like of bringing him in. Um, there's something there that's a bit sour for me. I don't I don't quite know what it is, but um, I'd like the idea of Lampard in that he's in his time at Chelsea, he's brought through younger players, and and that's something that I guess is one of the little frustrations I have about the last couple of years. We've seen Wan-Bissaka and Mitchell come through, but not not many others. And we're told that there's lads who are you know worthy of of, of playing in first teams there. So that's kind of my frustration. So he would fit the bill in that respect. Apart from that, I mean, I've always thought that Dougie might come in. I, I, I seriously, seriously, I think it's, it's, a, it's an option. And I think with what Parrish has, has kind of done with bringing him back in and how close he is to things, it, it would be, you know, maybe with a Roy in the stands, you know, or something like that. But I, I could actually see that happening. Luke? I think, I think two, three years ago, I would have agreed with you, Matthew, but not now. Not that we've moved on to be... Uh, I think a more established Premier League outfit, I don't think that you, you didn't give it to a Dougie Freeman. I think Dougie's quite happy doing the role that he, he's doing now in terms of the sort of liaison behind the scenes. Seems to be quite quite good at it from, from what you hear, the fact that, you know, we don't hear anything then all of a sudden John, John Philippe Mateta's on a, on a plane to big and ill. Things, things are obviously going quite smoothly in terms of the, the director of football there and hopefully, you know, more of that happens uh, and the contract. What, what's interesting to me is that if you think about the dynamic at the, at the training ground, because if you've got so many players out of contract, you know, the manager's out of contract. I appreciate we were in this situation last year where Roy didn't even get a contract extension until March. Like Something feels different this time. Uh, and the murmurs around the club are that I don't think that, you know, I think Roy's, Roy's going to leave and are amply at the end of the season will bring someone else in. Lampard, I don't think, you know, whilst, whilst see, we're proud Palace fans, proud of our academy, I don't think it's at the, at the stage it is now give it a couple of years I think we'd be in a better position to bring someone like Nampard in who can, who can cherry pick from the academy I, I just don't think we've got it at the moment but you know you see the, the news of the promise in under 18s coming through so hopefully you've got to think in two two years time maybe they might be in a good position I'm with you as well Matthew Eddie Howe doesn't excite me if I'm honest I think the fact that he turned rumoured to be turned, turned us down and went up to Burnley and then we went for Frank I think at the time Frank De Boer kind of not sticks in my throat, but I just kind of think, well, you had your chance, you got offered it, and then that's it. We, we need to move forward now. Um, who, who comes in? I don't know. So there's no one in your mind then, Luke, who, if so, we could be in a situation, we're just about to go into February uh, without, again, being miserable, where Roy possibly leaves or, you know, the plan is possibly not to renew Roy and we don't know who we think might be coming in. Are we waiting for someone to become available, do you think? Or do you think... Because I, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, who's out there, who's 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 uh, with respect, good enough? Because whichever way you look at it, Palace are, you know, let's assume that we're safe this year. We will be going into our ninth season in the Premiership. The thing is, That's- Kev, we know that 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 Parish isn't restricted by who's available. Mm. by virtue of the fact he paid Pardew's contract out of Newscastle, which must have been a lot of money given he had like a 75-year contract or whatever it was with them. So, you know. And, and uh, as many uh, Newcastle shirts as he wanted from Sports Direct. Exactly. Oh, I don't know about that, but I don't know that part of it. Goodness <laughs> me. But, you know, I, I, I'm not so sure it's about who's kind of um, sitting on the bench waiting for a job, which is always what the media go after, right? I just think there mm. might be, there could be someone in a job now already that, that Pallison, you know, got lined up or got in mind. And that, that's why I do think that there could, I know, I know you disagree, Lou, but it could be something in a Dougie thing to be a transitional thing. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. It's just something, something in the back of my mind there. 
Kev, okay, Kev, who, 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 would you, who would you go after? Honestly, I'd go after Frank Lampard if I could. And that's not because of uh, Chelsea allegiances with my daughter. I just think Frank Lampard, um, I think of what he did with the likes of Mason Mount and what he did at Derby. I think he did a good job at Derby. I think he was doing a good job at Chelsea, personally. I understand the Chelsea model, but I, I, I just think he's hungry. Where else is he going to want to go? Uh, he's mostly going to want to stay in London. I think his wife's to have another baby fairly soon you'd want to stay in this neck of the woods I think you know I don't think they're going to go abroad I, I why wouldn't you take that opportunity on someone like him I don't think we're going to bring in a foreign manager uh, and where else are you, are you going to go and get someone um, so yeah I, I would look at that I mean but let's be honest that's only because a, it's fortuitous because of what's happened last week so my, my thinking is not developed as to where else we'd go I tell you I'd love to see come down and you'll you'll think I'm nuts, and he, he never would. Um, or I don't believe he would. I'd love to see Steven Gerrard come down. I'll leave it I at think, that. I, th- I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Especially when you mentioned managers like Gerrard and Lampard, because look, Lampard walks into a very good Derby team who who just lost out in the playoffs the year before, right, and got them into the playoffs, and and then unfortunately lost in the semi-finals to Leeds. He then inherited a lot of money at Chelsea and some very, uh, very good players as well a very good Chelsea team, to them asking to come in to, to do a complete rebuild job because someone's got to be invested, haven't they, in, in a complete re- rebuild of, of, of Crystal Palace, if, if we're thinking that way. I don't. I think it's maybe a little bit too much. I think you need a little bit of an older head. And yeah, like Matthew said, I think Parrish might pull something out of that, rabbit out of the hat here and it might go for someone in a job that we hadn't even considered and you think, bloody hell, you know. I, I have confidence, given our, our conduct, our activity, that something's lined up and they, they've got a plan. Do you think that's why Benitez has just left his job in um, <laughs> China? In uh, it, China. China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he must have been getting a lot of money there. I guess you've got to think as well about whoever comes in is going to bring in the whole new coaching squad, their own men, and that's a, a big expense to to think about those wages and and that. I don't know. Do coaches get signed on fees? I guess they must get some sort of bonus to an extent. So it's going to be a big outlay for the American investors in Paris. The thing, the thing to consider is: Will Paris be happy with that level of upheaval if there really are thirteen of them potentially out of contract? So you've got basically half a new playing squad and a new manager and his team. That that mm. is something to consider because it's it's not just oh the manager's up and out and that's it. It's the, the, basically the whole the whole lot's thrown up in the air. And that's that's a big uphill in a upheaval in a season. That's 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 like entering relegation danger. Surely going into a season with that sort of um, uncertainty. It's almost the, the situation you wish Frank de Boer got given when he came in and tried to play a completely different system with with the same players um, that we had the season before. It's almost you wish you give someone in that opportunity there, almost like a fresh start. And if you're going to do it, do it properly and and change the ethos of the club and and the way we play football and everything and try it there. That we've seen. Brighton do it with Potter and you know some of their fans aren't too happy are they with, with the results they're getting because they might play some nice football but they're not getting the results in the day are they yeah so Matt can I ask then if I may um, obviously if he went along the Doogie model potentially which I, I as you say is not not out of the question for for reasons because as you say he knows the club inside out without wishing to split the Palace fans who might listen to this how do you feel that would be viewed by the Palace fans after I know Doogie's been back a few years, but after what he did, you know, you, you said about, uh, well, Luke said about not really wanting how because he was given the opportunity, didn't take it. Well, Doogie was manager of us when we were top of the league and left us. So where are you on that view? I think whatever the immediate reaction would be, 
it would turn around pretty quickly if you got us getting a string of results. So okay. I, 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 I wouldn't be, um, I guess, naive to think there would be a section of the group fan base who didn't agree with it, who would, you know, you know booing maybe or whatever it might be. But I think if we then, t- if he then turned it around in terms of getting us going, getting results going, I think those people would then be convinced there's, there's been similar mixed reactions to like I mean, Pardew there's a lot of fanfare behind Pardew coming in a big mm. reaction to the crowd but there was also a lot of people who had watched Pardew play for Palace and you know he was a bit of a laughing stock wasn't he Kev you remember this a bit of a laughing stock at times as a Palace player and and, and, and you know okay the whole Liverpool thing uh the 4-3 game that sort of stuff but you know, there's, there's, there's another side to it and I think people people can, can be convinced otherwise quite quickly I do think for Crystal Palace, we, we've been burnt by the complete opposite. You know, the Frank de Boer example is a really good one for Palace. And Parrish learned from that really quickly and switched away. How many days did he have? I don't know what how many days. 77. Right. So, you know, Parrish isn't, isn't afraid to, to make a change. But I also think he's been burnt and learned from that experience of bringing someone in completely fresh. And that's why I know the Dougie thing is not for a lot of people. It wouldn't be ideal. But I do think it's a it's a possibility given the known quantity and quality he is. Now, okay, he hasn't done it at the Premier League level, but he's been in and around it now for how many years since he's been back involved with Palace? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess I'm saying don't rule it out. I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. I'm saying don't rule it out. I wouldn't be massively um, surprised. And I think the fact we're having a discussion and we can't label someone or name someone who'd be like, no, okay, no. There's, there's people who we, sh- we think you know could and, and we would like to go after, and personally we would. But there's there's no one sort of screaming out to us. I mean, Sean Dyche always comes up. Yeah. And you think, why would he leave Burnley? You know, it's, it's, it, the, what the thing the thing that you don't want to get Palace into is having had a period of stability, getting ourselves a, a settled team, and then changing things too much too soon, and going the other way. You know, you've all seen these yeah. stabilised teams like, like Stoke and others who have been so so. You know, they're a Premier League team, and you can so quickly change. Oh, look look at the the Charlton example, bruv. You know that. To quote Simon Jordan's book, be, be careful what you wish for, because they, they wanted something more than Kerbishly, a man that was pushed them to the edge of, edge of Europe, the Europa League as it was then. They wanted a complete change and then, you know, the club disintegrated pretty much, didn't they, down to League League One and, you know, very nearly went out of business as well um, very recently and um, had the Danish boat not come in, you know, things might be looking very different uh, for our neighbours in Greenwich. It's a really difficult one, isn't it? And, and I think like one of you said a minute ago, I think, I personally feel that Paris is work Paris is working on it. If Roy isn't staying next year, he's doing something behind the scenes. He's not sitting there sitting on it. It's it's a real live issue, right? Similarly, that's why I'm surprised about the playing squad. There must be a strategy. They must have sat down and talked about who they do and don't want to keep. You would hope that the ones because is it is it isn't it from now they can start talking? Yeah. Yes, I think foreign clubs can actually sign pre-contract agreements. Actually, so Patrick Van Aanholt, you know, could sign for Eindhoven or Ajax or whatever he's been linked with. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, as you say. But what's also going to be interesting is how it plays out in terms of, like you said, the strategy might be set out, and there might be a bit of brinkmanship going on with players now because we're in COVID times. You know, players don't want to be out of contract. Some obviously might want to move on and. and you know, move their family to different places, and but you got to think a lot. A lot of players have got to want a bit want to have that that security. Um, so Palace might think be thinking, well, you know, if we wait till the last minute, or you know, as, as last minute as possible, then we might be able to save some money on certain players here. You know. Mm. Do you, do you do you know the do you know the list of players, Luke? Because I think it'd be interesting to have a look at them. I mean, because because if, if PVA's on that list, I think he's one on the out. Yes, he is on Mi- the list. Mitchell is a ready-made replacement. 
you know, local lad, so and so forth. I, th- I think he's very, very likely to be on the way out. Sacco is another one I think on, on the contracts up. Again, mm-hmm. the value of his contract, you understand, is very big. Injury prone, last few times really worked. He's on the way out. The keeper, if he's on the list, I'd hope, like you said, the re-signing him. I guess, and you've got the likes of Scott, Dan, and Cahill and others who are kind wow. of in the age bracket. You'll be add a question to him. And Kev, you know, question to you is of those old. This thing about aging squad of those older players, which which of them are you looking to keep versus you know let their contracts run down and go? I think. Um... And, and forgive me, Matt, because I'm not close enough to who who's who's possibly out of contract. But I think Cahill I would keep if he's because I don't know what sort of deal he's signed. I think I'd keep Cahill. I don't know what Tompkins is on. Um, as much as I love him uh, and I think he's been a fantastic servant to Crystal Palace, I think we've seen the best of Scott Dan now. Um, so I, I wouldn't overly be... Um, I'm going to say disappointed. I'd be gutted for him to leave us, but I wouldn't be disappointed from that context. I think he's been a fantastic servant to the club. So, as you say, I, I think that Nathaniel Klein's doing all right. If PVA goes, I don't think he had a bad game today, but he got caught out a few times and you could almost see, I'm amazed they didn't put Troy on against him to start off with today. I can see him going, as you said. I think mm. there seems to be a lot of talk about that and I'm not overly worried about that. I'd like to, to keep Joel Ward, actually. I think, you know, he's what done nine, ten years at the club. If I'm honest, Matt, I don't really know enough about who else is possibly up there. So, Luke, do you want to jump in and save my blushes, mate? Some of these are, I suppose, have been done deals already. So Mitchell, for example, is on the list. But I, I think I understand that his contract's been extended already. Right? Sam Woods is a bit of an unknown quantity. We've not seen too much of him. We know we've had some injury problems. So it might be, you know, time to, to depart ways of him. Jeffrey Schlupp's someone I think we should definitely be extended. Oh, yeah, um, jo- like you say, Joel Ward and, and Kleine are both up at the end of, end of the summer. You've got to imagine at least one of those is we're going to be targeting. Obviously, Kleine's already signed until the end of the season. Kelly is, is, is a good all-rounder, but you might think perhaps he might want to go and become first-choice centre-back at a newly promoted Premier League club. Guaita could be done. Dan, like you say, I think he might go. Townsend, Henderson, PVA, Tekkers, Sacco, Hennessy, the two Jimmy Max and Gary Cahill. So it's, it's a lot of players, but also a lot of players who are 30-plus. So um, it might be the natural progression that, you know, Palace looking to bring in some youth, you know, we just don't renew the, the older players and focus very much on, on bringing in a lot of players. But Jesus Christ, that's a lot of players to bring in. If you can... On that list, though, that's the reason I ask, is that you can't see the James McCarthy, MacArthur's going. You yeah. really can't. I'll be, I'll be amazed. I mean, James MacArthur, I'd be absolutely distraught if he left and absolutely amazed. Yeah. Um, Six I years think... now, isn't it? I think he, yeah. he, he'd been with the club. Yeah, Seven, long... Best seven million pound the Palace, Palace have ever spent, I reckon. Amazing, amazing. He's still, he's still you know, when he's fit, he's a first choice, right? Schlupp, absolutely, you have to re-sign him. You know, you can see the likes of Teke and Sacco and others, Tekas and, and Sacco and others leaving because of the contracts they're on. Um, but then and I guess the dynamic is always you have to buy players to replace them. Um, and the transfer fees on and on fees and then wages those players. So it, it's, it really is what, an interesting one for Palace. I think there are people in there that you think are no-brainers. I think people in there we think, you know, they're likely to leave. And there's some that kind of you sit on the fence of, wouldn't you? I mean, Klein... I'm not sure. I probably would if I had my choice. I would because then you've got two very, very good right backs if you keep him and Ward. But is he is he happy to kind of be in the sort of the the battling for 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 a place when he knows he's not going to be guaranteed, or would he want to go to a team where he's going to be guaranteed if that exists? I don't know. What would you do with Andros Townsend, Matt? One year. 
you'd give him a one-year deal. Do you think he yeah. would stay for a one-year deal? I don't know. He's been. He's, how many games he played for Palace? So he's played a lot of games for Palace, and he's he's clearly settled in in, in that respect. Game. So, yeah, yeah I, I I I would have thought so, Kev. And he's what? How old is he? 30, 31? Yeah, 31, 31, I would have said. Yeah. I'm also, we're only looking at this from one side, aren't we, Kev? I think we've got to also consider the player, like Andros, like Matthew said, might want to go somewhere where he's first choice. Now that he's, you know, coming, he might have, you know, one or two big contracts in the Premier League left, and you might think that now I want to go and play regular first team football. So um, there's, there's that to consider as well. He's 29. You, he's 29. He's 29. We've 29. aged him. We've aged him. He's got free contract left in him. Sorry, Andros, we didn't mean to aid you. So it, let's assume that, you know, Monday comes and goes and Wilf stays. D- does Wilf leave us in the summer, do you think, for a new challenge? Yeah. Or do you think, do you think, because if you look at the way he's linking up, particularly with Eze, there's some good stuff. Do, do you think he, do you reach that point where he's not he past his best? I don't mean that in any way, shape or form, but does... You know, you've talked about temperament previously, Luke, and he was a bit petulant again right at the end, although I know I think you said Cody smacked him or something. Do, does he get to a point, Wilf, where he thinks, do you know what, I'm still the, I'm still a very big fish in this pond and I can do so much to bring other players on because surely if he was, if it was coming, that deal, it, it would have now come, do you think? I think the perfect storm is the hard goes... And we use the Zahar millions to, to rebuild Crystal Palace squad. But for the last two two summers, he's, he's made it very clear he wants to go. I think, you know, you can't have another summer like that where you've got a, a player that, that wants to leave the club. And look, we wish him all the best, don't we? I think nobody wants to see him leave because he, he's one of the best players, arguably the best player that I've ever seen wear a Crystal Palace shirt. Some of the things he's done. And Matthew, you'll recall to see him coming after the admin season, him coming through and some of the stuff that he was doing was just unbelievable. It helped, obviously, that we had that connection at the time, you know, after the 2010 had just taken over, the connection between club and fans and they've been closer. And you've got, you know, academy club kids coming coming through, Scannell, Klein, him. Um, it helped to, to sort of to build that relationship. But... Yeah, I think perhaps he's out, outgrown the club now and he, he deserves his, his move somewhere. Um, let's just hope we get as much money as possible for him, really. Yeah. Do you think someone's going to come in, though, Matt, for big money for him now? Or do you think that, that ship has passed? I think this is the time because this season with the goals he's chipped in with, his overall performances, yes, the sort of the reactions and the petulant sort of our term and the bit is a bit lets him down, but... Blumenek, you know, he had so much more um, uh, aside from that. So I think this is the year, this is the, this, this is the summer he's likely to go because he's really shown he can yeah. uh, derive good value. And Blumenek, can imagine him in a, like a top, top team, yeah. like a top six team with, you know, these players that are, you know, 50 million player, pound players all around him rather than the likes of, you know, James McCarthy, no disrespect to James McCarthy, but you know, do you know what I mean? It's that, it's that next level up. I, I think he'd be absolutely amazing. You look at the likes of, you know, look at the likes of Raheem Sterling and others, you know, and the, and the, and the goals they get and the like. They get those goals not just because they're there on their own. They get those goals because of the teams they're in and the opportunities they get given. And you just think of Wilf in a top top team like that, it would be brilliant. I do hope he doesn't go to Arsenal. I know it's the obvious player. I hope he doesn't go to Arsenal because at the minute, I don't think Arsenal's a massive step up on Palace, if I'm honest. I really do hope he goes to a, you know, a top performing team, you know, like sort of a Chelsea or, 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 or you know, a Man United or someone again. I, yeah. 
So I've, I've got to disagree with you there, mate. I, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you to be nasty, but obviously we know we get a few Arsenal fans listening. I, I think they have the potential Arsenal. Um, I, I don't know what their wage structure is and everything that they can, you know, I, I think they've drawn nil nil tonight against United. I think they're getting, they're on the up Kev, again. We, we beat Man United. No, we, we beat Man United. <laughs> we did, what, I'm, what I'm saying is as they stand, as they stand today, <laughs> as they stand, as as they they stand, stand today, yeah. and you, yeah. you, you watch Palace play against Arsenal, yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, what what I mean is, as as those clubs are yeah. today, now where I want him to go to is Europe. Yeah, I want him nice to go team. to a top team in Europe. So I ain't got to watch him every week scoring, and he comes and plays against Palace. Because I don't want to see that. So I'd like him to go to Europe, but I would like him if he could, if he's going to go to the Premier League, I'd like it to be to a top top team. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he goes to a top top team in Europe, brother, as well. You could you could easily see him walking into like a Dortmund side and and you know pinging balls into Haaland and yeah. You, you I think every true Crystal Palace fan would love to see Wilf playing at the top level with the top players and maybe just to, to, just to turn around and say to certain people, just I told you so, I told you you could do it, you know, because because we've seen it. Um, and what we I guess Palace fans don't appreciate sometimes is that. People only only ever ever seen the, the, the petulance or or the, you know, the the one goal that he scores, which is un- unbelievable, and then they don't see him for another three or games. But we see that you know we see the the sprint that he made today, the fact that he cut back inside, put Cody on his ass, and it was that, when he hit the bar that was reminiscent of Balassi away at Villa. Do you remember that in the in 2013-14? I think or it might it might have been the season afterwards. Sorry, Balassi came through and then should have scored and absolutely. Well, I think we should finish this off, boys, on a real positive note. And what I would like to see is if Wilf is going to go and realise his dreams, you know, because as, as you quite rightly have articulated, he's done a great job for us. He's been fantastic. He's taken it to the next level this season. I just want him to go and play. And when he does it and plays well, I want to see him play with a smile on his face. Because when he smiles, he, he, he lights the park up as well as with his football. So I'd love to see him go away and be really happy and enjoy it and know that the Palace fans love him and he will always be so incredibly welcome at our club because he's been our talisman and uh, we're very proud of him. So this is the last conversation that Will Sahar we're going to have unless he leaves on Monday <laughs> yeah. until the summer uh, because I think we've, we've, we've covered it a number of times and yeah, we're all fearful of it, right? But at the same time, we're hopeful that if it does happen, it happens in a real good way for him and for, for right. Crystal Palace as well. Just just looking ahead to the next one of fixtures, we've talked about the Newcastle game. There then are a, a sort of a, a run of games we're hoping to pick something up. Um, I'll ask both of you in turn, Kev, you first. How many points are we looking to pick up through Feb? So we've got five games. Um, I'm going to say nine points. Very good. So that would, you'd hope, put us in a sort of a mid-table place, right? Roughly where we yeah. are now, maybe a bit behind yeah. Luke. I, I think we get four wins, you know. I think we beat Newcastle. We beat Leeds. For some reason, I can't see us getting a win over Burnley because they're so defensively sound and, and you know, set up very rigidly like us. They always seem to cause us a lot of problems. I think I think we'll get one over Brighton and we'll, we'll beat Fulham and all. So I'm, I'm going, um, yeah, four, four wins. Uh, undefeated though I don't think Bernie will beat us so I think we might get hold on so that means he's gone for 13 points out of 15 you're talking Champions League son we'll be top of the form table mate (laughs) so I think we might have a couple of draws in there I can see us drawing against Newcastle I can see us drawing against Leeds I'm going to be controversial I could see Bernie beating us I don't like to say it Uh, and then you'd hope we beat Fulham and, and, and Brighton, I'm sitting on the fence, and as well, you never know the Brighton Bring us down, go. bro. Come on, we, we, we were feeling positive now. I'm being, I'm being honest, though. <laughs> I'll I'm tell be... you what, Matt, you're killing us here, son. <laughs> but, but, but would have, would have, would have, would have, so I'm, I'm going for sort of what am I going for then? 
Well, I was thinking in my head 10 points. I don't know what I just tied up then with the results. You, you, but you've added up about six points. About two. About? Two points. He's got two what's points. Worrying, what's worrying? This bloke's in charge of numbers. What's going on? <laughs> Matthew thinks we're a scraper draw against Burnley and Brighton. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's adding it up with his calculator. That's two. That's two points. That's two. Um, he's given two points, Matt. <laughs> I'm scrolling the fixtures. The listeners can't see it, so I'm going to just make sure I can. Maybe maybe, maybe the, the pod screenshot is me scrolling the phone. But, um, yeah, there's some, there's some tricky ones in there. I do think, you know, there are opportunities for us to pick up points. You know, Leeds is one to caution because they are they're placed above us right at the table. The other game, the other games are all completely winnable. Burnley are always a bit of a banana skin for us. It, it goes one way or the other. The other games, yes, I'm with you. We can we can pick up three points. Um, it will be interesting to see. Newcastle, so is he sat on the fence or is he actually giving us a point? Massively. He's still on the fence, mate. A massive he's still on the fence, fence is he? He's got we could. When he was a youngster, we had to pull some splinters out of his bum because he sat on the fence. He's doing it again now. <laughs> That is that's oh, a true story. It's a true story, Kev. But it wasn't. It wasn't a fence. It was a, a school uh, school bench. Uh, points, Kev. Points. Well, I tied up ten, so I'm sticking with that. Sod the, sod the one throw I gave. I'm going with ten, ten, ten so points. We've, we've got a ten, a nine, and a thirteen. Is that right, Luke Tyrrell, mate? You really are an optimist. I love it though, mate. So that's not bad. Then. So what we're basically saying is we're going to be safe by February the twenty eighth, right? So when we when we do the pod in the evening on February the twenty eighth, which is eight years to the day that my dad passed away, we're going to be safe. Is that what we're saying? Is that what you're telling me? We take that, mate. Given given we'll the running that. we've got, given I we'll think May that. we've got Man City, uh, Arsenal. He's talking about Liverpool. May. We're in bloody February. Son. No, but I'm saying you've got that. to look up blocks blocks of games. I think we need to take what we can yeah. out of this because I think towards the end of the season we've got a very tough run. Okay, so the other question I had for you, Kev, <laughs> I come to you first. Yeah, please. And uh, you can save me after my uh, terrible tightening up there. Um, <laughs> Is it results a matter or performances at this point? So, say we come oh, out with thirteen good, points yeah. to Luke's to Luke's um, example. Yeah. Is it thirteen points and we've, you know, grabbed the one near win despite maybe being under the cost or whatever? Or do you want to see us winning gracefully? No, no, Matt. Listen, if we can get thirteen points and win ugly, I'll take it every day of the week. You know. Again, be careful what we wish for. We're Crystal Palace, right? As Roy said, I think on the clip Lukey sent over, 26 points, 21 games. We're, we're, we're doing well in the current situation. You know, I'll, I'll, if, we can, if we can win ugly, great. You know, we could have been sitting on this pod again tonight having lost and we would have been having a very different conversation uh, if, you know, if results hadn't gone well at the bottom for us today. We'd still be a bit edgy. You know, whereas now we're quite comfortable. So, win ugly, I'll take every day of the week at the moment, Matt. Luke? Win by any means until you get to, to, to 36, 38 points. And then, like we've seen, um, you know, you think back to the Bournemouth game, the 5 3. I think then Roy can let the shackles off and you'll see people like Button getting a few games. And and then we can do the, the nice fancy stuff against uh, Liverpool and Man City and uh, get absolutely spanked four or five nil. That'll be a you? turn up. Because, well, what about Roy, you then? Roy, Roy doesn't do that. Roy doesn't play the second string. That's, that's very unlikely. But without <laughs> I, 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 a contract, mate. I, 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 um, I, I'm, 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 I'm about results, Kev, for me. Um, it doesn't need to be pretty. Um, I think we've got we've got enough in us to, to get results and to do so in a positive fashion. So I, I'm 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 thinking that you know there will be some ones have to grind out there. You know the Burnleys and the like. It's not going to be pretty. 
So I, I would just take results. Um, and, and like you said, 13 would be amazing. Anything that would be brilliant. Um, to be safe by that date you mentioned would be would be fantastic. Um, and it puts us in a good place to, to sort of finish up the season. And whatever the end of the season brings, um, you know, give give whatever or whoever is in, uh, including the team and the manager, something to build from. So, yeah, brilliant. onwards and upwards. Um, as always, chat, it's been great to talk. Uh, we've covered a real range of topics tonight. I hope it's been enjoyable for the for the listeners, despite I can't add up. Um, we'll be back with you uh, for a reaction to the Newcastle game, which is, what, three or four Tuesday. days away now? Tuesday night. Yes, yeah. um, so do stay tuned for that. Um, as always, is that six points? Or six points a podcast on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I always plug social media. I'm the first time I've got it wrong. There you go. So it happens to it's, all of us. It's pod 91 and he's forgotten it. Have a day off son have a day off it's doing 91 pods that has done it to me kev thanks <laughs> thanks to everyone for for listening to us tonight uh, and as always up the palace up the, up palace. the palace the six pointer podcast uh-huh.